on the Aggie Sports Network. From Learfield, from Rudy's, welcome to the Aggie's Coaches Show. Brought to you by Ruby's, home of the Aggie Coaches Show. SC Needham Jewelers, where Utah gets engaged. America First Credit Union, financial solutions for every need. And by Stokes, Stokes Trucking, doing the right thing since 1979. Now, the Aggie's Coaches Show. Here's the voice of the Aggies, Scott Gerard. Hey, it's always a big show here at Ruby's Pizzeria and Grill when it's the Danny Sprinkle Coaches Show. It's even better when you're coming off a win against Boise State. Welcome no, on in, folks. No doubt. Let's do it. No doubt. People yeah. are fired up. People are excited. Utah State coming off an emotional overtime victory against the Broncos. Uh, Aggies reeling off two in a row, but what an impressive road victory. Hey, come on by, hang out with us. We want you to stop by. Uh, again, Ruby's Pizzeria and Grill here in Logan. Free appetizers for everybody who comes by. Uh, grab yourself a bite to eat. We'll have some questions for Coach coming up a little bit later on. Uh, you can uh, ask questions. Enough of me talking. You you can uh, ask the questions coming up a little bit later on. We got Josh Aduje, great Osibors here as well. So there's no reason why you shouldn't be down here eating some good food and reveling in a big win. Uh, but as uh, as a wise man once said. Rent is due tomorrow. No doubt. It was due yesterday and it was due again today and, and it's and it's really due tomorrow. Yeah. And uh yeah, no, our guys had some great focus, you know, after that. Obviously they enjoyed it. We had a great bus ride. Um and just really proud of our guys. Like they they deserve to to relish in that one. Yeah. You know, there was a lot of adversity. They they overcame, they they had my back, they had each other's back and in front of a, an awesome crowd. I mean, it was sold out. Yeah. You know, I mean it, it was great. It wasn't the spectrum, but it was good. And uh you know, it's one of those we had to we got to get ready for you know san jose you know they're they're a lot better than their record and you know they could very easily have five wins in league you know they've lost some really tough close games and with the way they shoot the basketball they're extremely dangerous uh tim miles always has a good team no and, and can coach the heck out of the game yeah. and uh and certainly that's going to be a, a key emphasis for you and and one thing that you've noticed out of your team this year and i've given you a ton of credit i've given these guys a ton of credit as well because they deserve it um, is staying focused on the – it may sound cliche, but yeah. the old one game at a time. It is. And and putting whatever you did, loss, win, behind you and focusing on the next game. And hopefully over the last uh, day of practice or so you've seen that. Yeah, no no question. And, you know, they've, they've come to the motto, the rent is due every yeah. day. It is. And, and we know we're not, we're not the most talented team. We're not the biggest team, the most fit. Like, but our parts fit really well together. And, and they know that what we have to do is, you know, we know everybody's got to be on their A game for us to continue this. And, you know, for our guys, I think this is our fourth week in a row being ranked in the top 25 in the country. And I know a lot of people after the first week we got there, like, oh, okay, well, here now they're going to – Colorado State's coming. Okay, UNLV's coming. Okay, Boise's coming. Well, this group keep ha keeps handling it. And just like they do in games, like, we just keep hanging around. You know, like, literally, we just – I tell these, listen, just get us to the last five minutes. Just hang around hang around, hang around, and then we win it. Yeah. And, you know, hopefully we can keep it going. Well, there was, uh, you know, at first in that game against Boise, you guys jump out to a quick 7-0 lead. Yeah. And uh, I talked to Ian Martinez. Um, I can't remember. I think it was after the game against uh, Fresno. And he said the, the key is going to be to a quick start. 
Yep. He goes, we're doing this thing way too many times where we're letting teams get out and then we got to reel them back in. And for the most part, we've been able to do it, but sometimes we can, and we can't do that against Boise. Yeah. Uh, you guys were queued up and ready to go to start that game. Yeah, you know, and that was kind of our whole, you know, pregame talk was, you know, the aggressor always wins. I said, you need to come, you need to throw the first punch, and then you need to punch them again, and then you need to keep punching them until the clock says zero. They're not going to stop. They're going to keep coming at you, and you've got to keep throwing them. You know, we cannot be on our heels. You know, with that crowd, the environment, you know, as good as that was, their team's really good. Like, they're, they're veteran. They're physical. They've, they've been through games like that. Where our guys, we haven't been through a ton of those games together, you know. And, uh, you know, and that's what I'm most proud of is just our togetherness and, and you know, how aggressive they are. Yeah, and you knew the haymakers were going to come. Oh, yeah. And they did. And I thought, you know, climbing back and you even had a chance to take the lead going into halftime. But, keeping that essentially a one-possession game after they threw a big it's haymaker huge. there in that first half. And yes. you guys have done that a lot this year, making sure that, okay, you may not be playing your best down the stretch of that first half, but you make sure it's manageable going into halftime. Yeah, and it's either either we get a couple stops to keep it close or we'll somehow throw in a couple threes or get a steal and a dunk. you know. And, and like I said, it, it keeps it manageable where it's instead of a being down 13 or 14 and a half, you're only down four to six, you know. And you just have a lot more confidence going into halftime with that. There was a moment Boise State was up seven, uh, either six or seven. You get back-to-back steals yeah. in the second half that lead to transition buckets, and you cut it back to a one-possession game, both coming off deflections. Yep. Um, and the passes may not have been good, but you guys, you guys always seem to have your hand in the cookie jar. What is yep. it about your coaching or what order drills or things that you've done to kind of help improve the ability to have that kind of anticipation? Yeah, you know, obviously we've talked about being aggressive, but also being in the right position. You know, like early on, like we were we were solid defensively. I feel like, we're, you know, we still have a lot of room to grow on the defensive side, you know, from doing the right thing every time. Like every possession I want to be perfect. And, and these guys know that. That's the standard. I'm not going to stop yeah. until we get there. But we did a really good job, like, doubling down on their post guys. And then our other guys kind of like, we call it shrinking the floor, like, really making it hard so they couldn't pass out of it and we got some deflections on on a lot of those post traps and you know those were the two biggest i was uh, i was talking to the boise state broadcast crew before and uh they said where are you guys getting your points from and uh i said you know what here's the thing this team is elite in transition and yeah your ability to get up and down the court in a hurry and finish at the rim. A lot of teams can get out in the open court, but finishing isn't as easy at the college level yep. as a lot of people think. Um, and you guys continue to get bucket after bucket in transition throughout the, not just that game, but throughout most of the season. We do. And yeah, it has been the whole year. And you know, when you look at kind of analytically, like our finishing like eight feet and in, I mean, it, it's elite. And that's a credit to our players. Like, you know, we'll work on it, but it's not like we coach it. You yeah. know, like they're just really good at it. You know, Josh and Ian and Mason, you know, Darius Great. Like all all those guys are they're really, really good transition players. And when they have an angle, their athleticism and you know, just their focus on the rim, you know, they just it's either an and one or it seems like we make them all. All right, I don't want to get you in any trouble here. Yeah. Um I was rewatching the game last night. By rule should they, well, not by rule, I guess, but I think it was almost common courtesy. If a guy's tying his shoe, you, you stop, right? If there's a wardrobe issue or a shoe issue or anything like that? I mean, every game I've been a part of, yes. And and I can't remember, but I thought Great got the ref's attention and was pointing at his shoelace. Yeah. And I know I was yelling at the ref to give him time. 
and whatever for whatever reason they didn't and uh they went right down five on four all right uh, that's all I'll yeah ask you hey. about. that's the, I, I forgot to bring that hey. up in the post game hey, but that was the easiest one to well answer i know about that the game. other ones you yeah. can go back and listen to the post game show and, yeah and uh yeah. and and get the information there i don't want to again i'm not i'm not about getting you into trouble uh but overall when you get into overtime well actually kind of walk us through now that you've had a chance to look on film uh, Isaac Johnson, the tremendous rebound tremendous. on the uh, on the missed free throw, yeah. and the heads up to get it to Martinez, and then Martinez putting the foot on the gas, getting to the rim and finishing, and seeing that Boise State got caught a little flat-footed, maybe a little too aggressive. Yep. Um, just walk us through with what you what you saw on that. Uh, now that you've had a chance to really look and film, and really what jumped out at you there. Yeah, it, it wasn't a play that we had set up. It wasn't like we said, hey, get the rebound and throw it to Ian, and Ian, you just go coast to coast. Because yeah. you, know? you never know how teams are going to guard. There were so many different – first off, there were so many different things that happened that allowed us to get in that position. And Josh Aduje, I'm glad he's here tonight because he had a huge offensive rebound. He had a pull-up jump shot. He got in our press, got the foul to put us in that position. And so, you know, a, a ton of credit goes to him. But then it comes down to you got to have a championship box out. And they had, you know, they had two guys at the line, and, and their point guard ran up. I think he thought you know, the play was going to get to Darius, you know, and, yeah. and make a play, which is probably smart on his part, you know. But it just happened that he was on Fish's side. The ball luckily bounced out because if they would have made it, they would have been up three. And I think they would have set up their press and probably fouled. Yeah. Um, but obviously it, it caromed off the rim, and Fish made a, a great play, not only just – a lot of guys will catch it, and when they're in a crowd, they protect it. He kept it high, and he snapped it to Ian so fast that Ian had plenty of time to get coast to coast. I yeah. mean, he scored, and there was still time on the clock. And so, I mean, it was a great heads-up play by Fish and Ian because he knew only we were only down two, and we've taught these guys, get the ball to the rim. If you're only down two, put the pressure on the defense to either foul you or get to the rim and finish because they're not going to come over. And Most teams are going to do what they did. Because you just have a natural tendency to, I don't want to foul. And yeah. then the aggressor always wins. And Ian obviously won that play. Um, and it's crazy because it could have been an and one. Oh, yeah. The, the guy's hand was on Ian's back pushing him. And, like, it could have ended the game right there. Well, and the other thing, too, that I thought was really fascinating is the fact that Ian realizes, okay, I've got a big. It's not a yeah. guard. So yeah. I've got the speed advantage. And he's got a bad angle. And, yep. you know, I've, you know, there's no reason I should be slowing up and yep. realizing not only do I have to get to the rim, I don't have a lot of time, but I've got the advantage here. Let's go. Yep. And, like, so much of it was just – it was luck and timing. Like, yeah. that's how they were set up, you know. And, like, their players probably did what everybody's taught too. Like, you don't want to give up a three-pointer in that situation. Yeah. So their other guys were – you know, they only had two other guys. But they were both kind of fanning out in case somebody else was running down the floor. So – it kind of put, I think, with Stanley on an island where, I mean, Ian's going to go by anybody one-on-one. -on -one. I don't care who it is. But, um, you know, it's it's just a hard it – was, it was a great play by Ian. And it, like I said, it wasn't a design play. And it's, it's nothing against Boise State's defense. or our, It was just a great play by a great player. When you, um, when you go into overtime and everybody's fired up. Yeah. There's kind of a fine line because you're excited. Hey, we just tied it up. We're going to OT. You got those emotions. But also you got five minutes left to play against an elite team on yeah. their home court, and their fans are going to rally. What, how do you handle that as a coach to try to keep everybody even killed and say, no, we still have – we didn't win it. We still yeah. got some work to do here. Yep, and, and I think, like, we trust our guys to – like, they, we knew they believed they could win it. 
And, and as soon as Ian made that, it kind of gave us that second life where 20 seconds earlier it, it didn't look like that. Yep. And so now it's kind of like, oh, now all of a sudden you could feel kind of the crowd deflated. Their team, you could see they were, their bodies were dejected. And when we kind of jumped them in overtime, it was huge. You know, I don't think they scored for the first – it was like three minutes and 20 seconds of overtime. You know, we were getting stops, uh, had some great defensive possessions. I think that's one – great blocked Ogbo shot at the top and great and and then the awareness of Josh to like he was alert and focused and he went just took that thing and dunked it and so it was it was you know a tremendous you know we needed to get off to a good start like that too and and kind of put all the pressure on them free throw shooting in overtime when you have to make free throws on the road it's crazy you know great had the two against UNLV that were just incredible and then your team goes I think 10 of 11 10 of 11 from yeah. the free throw line in the uh, in that overtime period I mean that's that's why you spend all that time in practice that's that's what you do in your backyard as a kid you know making sure you keep it a two possession game I mean just 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 the mental toughness is so impressive with these guys well, it, it was and I mean we had to execute press offense like four or five times yeah you know and we had to do some different formations and and guys had to be tough and get the ball. And the biggest one, I think they cut it to two. And, you know, and Josh came and he got the ball. And they still had the jump arrow. So, like, if they would have tied him up, they get the ball. And so Josh knew that. I think we still had a timeout. But Josh was – he was really strong with the basketball. Yeah. And they fouled him. And then, obviously, it takes a, it takes a big-time player like Josh to make those free throws. I mean, the place was rocking. 13,000 people. And he stepped up there, and, it, like, I had no doubt he was going to make them. Yeah. Like, I could just see the look in his eye. He had a he had a different focus that whole game, really. And it was just like, you know, there's nobody at the line you'd rather have right now. There's some formations on those kind of moments where you've got Darius as yep. the inbounder. Uh, the one that you finally got off, it was Mason, you know, a former quarterback. Yeah. How do you determine, you know, structures and who, who does that and how you handle that? Uh, there's really no strategy to it. It's just a gut feeling. And I'll just, if I have a timeout, I'll put guys in different situations. Um, sometimes by who I know is guarding them, you know, like they may have a certain guy on the ball. If if Darius is and they have the point guard on the ball, good, because that way when he goes to trap, that means they may have a bigger player trying to rotate to Darius. Or that guy, go may, he may go trap and he may be littler, so that way, it's easier for Josh to maneuver and get fouled, yeah. you know, where sometimes if it's a big guy, they can, with length, they can get deflections, um, you know, but it was, you know, we, we executed, like I said, you know, four or five times we executed perfect. How do you handle a timeout when there's a review, the ball goes out of bounds, they rule it Boise State's ball, um, but I, you know, and I only was able to watch this. I don't have a replay monitor. Yeah. I'm like you, I can only see the scoreboard replay. Yeah. And they showed it once, and it was pretty obvious to me, and hopefully yeah. it was to you as well, that it was not off of your guy, that it went off of Boise State. But you have to kind of prepare for two situations, whether or not you're playing defense or offense. Is that kind of what you go through during that timeout? Yeah, and uh, yes, that, that's 100% what you do. I knew for a fact it went out on them. Yeah. You know, and – but you never know well, what no, they're going to well, say. And yeah. referees, like, you should give it to the offense. You know the defense is trying to knock the ball away. And, and a ref told me, he said, I saw it clearly go off your guy's hand, which is obviously not true because they went to the review monitor and it wasn't even close. You know, when, when a defender knocks the ball into the third row, there's no way it goes off our guy who's actually trying to catch the ball. Yeah. Like, it makes no sense. And so, you know, thank God for review um, because that, that could have cost us the game.
Yeah. Um, and so thank God for review, and, and, uh, and they got it correct. But I even told our guys, I say, hey, man, don't be surprised. Like, with, with what was going on in that game yeah. from, from the time Leon Rice got a technical at the 17-33 mark, from that point forward until the end of overtime, I, I had no idea what was going to happen. Yeah. And I told our guys, I said, listen, don't be surprised if they come back and say they have inconclusive evidence and then we got to guard and win the game. You know, like they haven't handed us anything all night. You got to go earn it again. And so be prepared to do that. Yeah. Coming up, we're going to chat with great awesome board, Josh Aduje. Uh, I always give you a moment to chat about these two guys yeah. uh, that you bring to the coach's show, and we appreciate you doing that. But let's, uh, let's talk. I mean, obviously – their resumes stand for themselves, yep. what they've built, what they've done so far, and what they've meant to this team. But kind of give us the behind-the-scenes on who these guys are, as not just players but as men. They're awesome. You know, I mean, they're, they're two of the best human beings you can coach. They really are. Like, they got, they got great hearts. They, they care. You know, like, they care about Utah State. They don't care about just Utah State basketball. Like, they love it here. They love their teammates. Like, the support and love they get, like, they appreciate it. Some, not all athletes appreciate, like, the fan base here or fan bases anywhere. Like, this is special. Like, you're playing in one of the, the top environments in the country every home game. And these guys appreciate it, you know. They, obviously, they're both, you know, they're not even from the U.S. Like, growing up, they could never envision probably playing in front of 10,500 fans going crazy for them and the support they're getting. But... It just goes to show that good things happen to good people. Um, I'm really proud of, like, who they are. Yeah, they're great players, but, you know, when I see the way they interact with other people, you know, even in restaurants and things like that, like, that's, that's what's important, and yeah. that's what's, that's what's going to win. That's awesome. Coach, we'll let you grab a bite to eat real quick. We'll bring you back. If you got questions for Coach, we'll get to that in uh, our third segment. Coming up next, though, Josh Aduje, great awesome board, will join us. Right here, Ruby's Pizzeria and Grill. Remember, USU Credit Union, serving true Aggies since 1957, and the only credit union conveniently located on campus. Visit the branch inside the University Welcome Center or any of the six locations around Cache Valley. USU Credit Union, smart, local, convenient. You're listening to the Danny Sprinkle Coaches Show from Learfield. Welcome on back. You're listening to the Aggie Coaches Show live here at Ruby's Pizzeria and Grill. Come on by, hang out. Remember, it's your host, not only for the Coaches Show, but they've added a late-night menu, the Ruby's After Dark menu, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, every week uh, from 9 p.m. to 12 a.m. With fan favorites, they got the uh, chicken taco rolls, the tenders, the Boston dog, chicken and waffles. Make sure to visit Ruby's after every home game. All right, Josh Aduje, great awesome board, kind enough to join us, gentlemen. Uh, an emotional win. I know that uh, you guys are new here to Logan. You're new to Utah State. How long did it take for you guys to realize that people here really, really want to beat Boise State? Josh, let's start with you because I'm sure people came up to you and said, hey, look, we want you to win every game, but we really want you to win this one. Yeah, first and foremost, you know, thank you for having us here. Um, it's always a pleasure. Awesome. Um, but, yeah, no, I found out quite quickly how much people – dislike Boise State and Max Price. <laughs> I didn't realize it was, I think um, when they was doing the camp out for the Fresno State game was really when it sunk in for me. It's having like a cahoot 
on all of the teams that they dislike in the Mountain West. And yeah. Boise State was the top of that. So, um, it was, yeah, it's, it's obviously a big time win going to their place. Difficult to play there. And, you know, they've got a really good fan base, just like everybody else in the Mountain West. So, um, happy with the victory, honestly. Great. Uh, an emotional win, a hard fought victory uh, and, and a really rabid place to play. Uh, how much fun was it to walk out of there with that W? Nah, it was big time. Like, I like going to away games. I love playing in the road because, like, obviously the support from the spec is amazing. But I low-key like being the villain a little bit, so yeah. it's fun. Especially when you go out there with a win. It's when, awesome. When you talk to you guys about specifically, but let's talk about the block three that leads to the dunk. Mm. Talk about what you saw there, and uh, and then you seeing that ball hit the open court. Let's get your perspective first, and then, Josh, let's go to you. So, uh, Agbo had the ball, right? And he was dribbling, and then he put it on his left hand, and, like, he's one of the best shooters in the conference. Yeah. And I knew, like, he'd already hit, like, two tough threes. Like, I was right there. In the first half, he hit one right in my face, and I was like, bro, I'm right there. But he hit it. So I was like, cool. As soon as he put it into his left hand, I was like, oh, he's trying to shoot it again. So I just had to time it, but I didn't want to get a foul because they yeah. called me on one earlier. So I timed it pretty good. I, I was ready to go, but Josh was there. <laughs> <laughs> Josh was there. So he got the ball and he finished off the job, so that's fine. Um, yeah, from my point of view, I know Great has got these long go-go gadget arms. Um, I've been on the receiving end of, of thinking that I've had an open jump shot and him tipping it. So... And earlier on in the game, he had just he had blocked Dagenhart, but yeah. they called it for a foul. So I was aware that if he was ready, he was going to be able to tip the ball. So as soon as I've seen Dagenhart rise up and great contest and them kind of start scuffling with the ball a little bit, I saw that as an opportunity to, to get out and I, I probably stole his highlight. A bit. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not complaining. You know what? I think you should get credit for an assist. How about I that? should. Yeah. You know, and, but when you, uh, when you guys make a play like that and, and all of a sudden you see the crowd starts to leave, you know, start to leave, and you're like, we got you. And, uh, and, and you see guys start to leave. What, what, talk about what that emotion's like, Great, because obviously you got a big smile on your face. Oh, Great, time up before he says anything. I can't remember who was shooting the free throws. Who was it? Was it Ian? Yeah. Ian was shooting the free throws, and at that point, I guess they realized that the game was done. Yeah. So they started, uh, like, some of the fans started walking away, and Great started shouting, where are you guys going? <laughs> <laughs> so I was... But, yeah, you can explain it from your point of view, too. Nah, um, nah I seen Pat Bev do it one time, and I thought it was funny, and the, Ian was shooting free throws, and I was like... Ooh, we're good. But then I started noticing, like, everyone was leaving. So I was like, hey, 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 where y'all going? And then... You guys paid for these tickets? You need to stick around and watch this thing. But we had a good time. We had a good laugh about it. It was fun. It was an amazing environment to play in. Big credit to the Boise State fans and stuff. It was big time. Go through the the play that led to those Ian free throws, though. Uh, You're up four, and, you know, a bucket or three, you know, a two or three is going to cut it to one possession game, and you know you're going to have to hit free throws to keep it extended. But the entry pass, you're able to get a hand on it. It's fouled, and then it goes to a six-point game, and, and then everybody knows it's over at that point. Mm-hmm. But kind of walk us through defensively what you saw there. So, obviously, it's all about trust at that point, you know, because we've been working on our, on our double team, on our double team traps all, all week, all game. 
and Dagenhaar and Stanley, they're two really good post players. So it was just like, okay, if Dagenhaar gets the ball, we're getting him. So I had to trust that our team was going to do their job in trapping the ball, and I had to have their backs by being in the help. And as soon as I seen the trap go, I rotated. Luckily, I was able to get a tip in there, and then Ian was able to get fouled, and I trust Ian with the ball uh, at the free throw line anytime. All right. I know we're just going through. This is like film review. So, <laughs> But there were so many really cool moments in this game. Let's back up. Uh, you guys are down three. You need a bucket. Um, actually, no, you were, were – no, I think you were down three. Mm-hmm. And um, the play is set up for you to take the three, according to Coach, that right wing three off of the elevator screen. Um, not there. You drive, You go base. You hit the two. But kind of walk us through what you saw. You and I talked a little bit off the air about yeah. it. But, but kind of give me uh, your explanation of what you saw there because that wasn't an easy bucket there on the baseline. Yeah. Um, I mean, we, we, we do those type of scenarios every day in practice. Um, you know, before the game, we, we practice and go through all of the things that we would do, possibly, if we get to that to that scenario. Um, so it, it was ultimately, it was just good execution from us. But yeah, like I said, um, as I was coming off the, the elevator screen, I knew that Max Rice got hit pretty hard. Um, credit to, to, to Great. And um, it was a fish. Fish. Um, so at that point, I was thinking... I'm going to have a wide open three here. I yeah. just have to knock this down. Um, but then Nick Anderson jumped out, jump switched um, from from Darius. And at that point, I realized, okay, cool, I've got to think on my feet. And um, I took a dribble to the baseline and realized that he left. So at that point, I just had to raise up and, you know, take, take, as fast, uh, take the shot as fast as we could. So I, w- I told Coach, I w- I, I'm going to do my best not to get you guys in any trouble. <laughs> but... There were, you know, Boise State gets gets whistled for four fouls, like right out of the gate. Yeah. And then you guys pick up ten straight fouls. Um, and I'm not asking you to talk about the officials, but I am asking you, and great, I'll start with you, and Josh, I want you to add to it. What's How hard is it to keep your composure when you feel like, you know, we're not getting the calls, the whistles aren't going our way, you know, there's there's stuff that you could be upset about. How hard is it to make sure that you keep your mind clear and stay focused on the task at hand and not get caught up in the emotions of things not going your way? I feel like it takes a level of maturity at this point, you know. Like maybe my freshman, sophomore year, I would have let it off. would have taken me out of the game. But like in this situation I'm in right now, things aren't going to go your way, your way the whole time, you know. So you just got to keep playing, keep pushing, try to stay close, try to try stay together. And everything will work out. How about you, Josh? Uh, yeah, similarly, I, I, I was the same. Um, I think part of it definitely um, lets you know that we're together as a team when you see that coaches get mad too. I yeah. mean, the fact that obviously you don't want to get texts and stuff like that, but it, him, coach getting that tech kind of just let us know that he was with us, I think. Um, and, and you need it as a team, you know, we, we, we stick together um, through tough times and adversity. So I think that's all it was, really. Um, definitely some bad calls here and there, but um, you expect that when you're on the road. Yeah, it's a game. Yeah, and, uh, and it, you know, you're on the road and you know that that's probably going to happen sometimes. And, yeah. and that, that's the way it goes. All right. So I think I've told you guys both this. I love talking to high level athletes because 
You know, some of us played a little high school ball. Some of us pretended like we were good, but we sucked. And so we live our <laughs> lives vicariously through you guys. Right. And so we all as kids sat in our backyard shooting free throws, pretending games on the line. You know, I got to make two here to either keep us keep the lead or give the team give us the lead. And you guys lived it. You're on the road. You at UNLV in particular, but also in overtime. Josh, you hit big free throws in that overtime. You guys go 10 of 11 from the free throw line there in that overtime period to make sure that Boise had no chance of coming back in that game. What's it like as an athlete in those moments when you've got, you're shooting into that student section, they're screaming, they're yelling, they're calling you every name in the book. Josh, how do you keep that composure to say, no, you know what? I'm just going to knock it down and be as cool and composed as you were. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. Like, you, you live for those moments. That is, and Greg can attest to this, growing up in England, that's what we envision. You know, we, en we envisioned ourselves playing in the park when it's raining or it was, we was dreaming about being in America, being at the highest level of college basketball and, you know, being in, on the court when, when it matters yeah. and being able to take those shots. So mental preparation over the years, definitely. And then... Um, coach just drilling into us you know to take every day and every rep you know seriously we, we shoot free throws all the time and he tells us to, to to have the same routine and focus and i mean like i don't want to jinx great or anything but the last five games he, he doesn't miss really from the free throw line so and that's just a testament to obviously his work and, and coach too great what's it like for you you've been muscle memory mode at that point yeah like to be honest, I, I live for those moments, you know. Yeah. I like when the pressure's on. I feel like that's when it's my, it's my time to go, you know. And I feel like the team trusts me, and I like repaying their trust by doing what I do in those situations. So it's just, it's really rewarding seeing everything that you do, like all the hard work, like going to practice and don't, not getting back home till like 12 o'clock at night because you just got the bus for an hour. Stuff like that, like it's rewarding seeing things like that, you know. So both of you from England, uh, you didn't start at Utah State, obviously, Coastal Carolina, Montana State. Um, how I think both of you mentioned that you had had uh, that you guys knew RJ Idlerock and Dan Akin. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. So is it a pretty tight knit fraternity of basketball in England? And, and obviously, Coach Haslam, with the relationship he had with both of you, like how was it that uh, what, what's the basketball scene like over in England? And uh, and then ultimately, Josh, we'll start with you and then and then uh, go to great. Ultimately, how did it how did you guys end up at Utah State? Yeah, um, I, I would say that the basketball community in England is actually kind of it, everybody knows everybody. Sort yeah, of. like the, the, the top guys in the country know each other, um, especially in London, where the community is a little bit you know more tight knit. Um, he can talk about the north of England. I mean, they're not as good as the, the main city. <laughs> there we go. But, now we like it. <laughs> um, yeah, so, so obviously Dan is from England, and yeah. he's, from, he's from like 10 minutes from where I grew up. Okay. So I always knew about him. He's much older than I was, but we, 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 we know each other um, pretty well. I knew of Great. Great knew of me. <laughs> Did you guys play against each other? No, he didn't. Okay. He got lucky. <laughs> no. But we, uh, we, we knew each other quite well, so I mean – when I entered the portal, and, and he entered the portal too, we was in contact, and 
it was pretty much it was quite straightforward really i messaged them i was like so what are we are we we doing this are we we both going to talk i told him he had to commit first and then i'll do it after <laughs> and yeah did you did you kind of consider yourself a package deal like did you want to play together or did it just kind of work out that way well i mean i Last time I was on the show, I spoke about how I turned them down yeah. in my, my high school days. So that was originally supposed to be the team up then in high school. So, you know, second time around, it was like, yo, listen, you can't miss up, miss up on this opportunity. And, yeah, I'm happy that I'm here. Question again? Well, no, just just talk about, I guess, give me your path. Um, obviously, so Coach, yeah, I mean, Coach Haslam comes on the staff um, and and – but do you reach out to Dan and RJ and, and Utah State? So, obviously, I'm a bit younger than they are. So, yeah. I just turned 21. And they was in a different class. But as just said before, everyone in England, like, if you're good in England, you're going to know of each other. And we were up north, and you see them from afar, and you just watch them play basketball. And you see Dan and RJ and what they did at Barkinabi. And you follow everyone's progress. Like, RJ was doing real good at UMBC. And down was two before I went to, I think it was CBU. So you yeah. just keep up with everyone's progress. But when I entered the portal, I mean, it was pretty simple. Like, obviously, you have a lot of people talking to you. You have all these schools reaching out. But you couldn't, I can't leave what I know, you know. Yeah. And then at the end of the day, I was always going to come here. But I hit up RJ because RJ and one of my teammates, I'm a ton of state. Uh, I'm in the Dama. We're really close friends. So he put me in contact, and I was like, Ajay, tell me about this place. And he had, he had really good things to say about Utah State and Logan. So my, like, my doubts and my fears were like, oh, okay, it's fine. How uh, great, how crazy is the portal? Like when you, when you, when you, uh, you know, you put your name in that computer, I mean, is your phone just blowing up? I mean, what is that like? So my phone right now, like it stays on Do Not Disturb. Like I don't take my phone on Do Not Disturb most of the time, even though, Josh hates it because he would try to call me and he can't reach me. But it started it started then because I got in the portal, right, at like 12.15. 12.17, I had nine missed calls. I, I didn't know. Okay. I didn't, you don't know who's calling you. Yeah. You just get missed calls from random people. And then it's just constant. It's just constant. And you get in there and then you get random texts. And then everyone's trying to sell you dreams. People are telling you what they think you want to hear. But at the end, the end of the day, like... You need to go with what you know, like your gut, the people who have been with you from the jump, mm-hmm. who trust and believe in you, and who I feel like I could be successful with, you know? Have you always been a loyal person in that regard? Yeah, for sure. Like, I feel like loyalty is repaid. If you're loyal to someone, they're going to be loyal to you, and the game will reward you. Yeah. Josh, is that man? Obviously, Coastal Carolina is a little bit different than Logan, Utah, and uh, yeah. Utah State. <laughs> um, but, uh, but, you know, I'm sure you knew Coach Haslam, mm. you knew RJ, you knew Dan, you knew Great. And I got to imagine that familiarity, even though you hadn't been around them yeah. as teammates or as a coach, just that familiarity has probably got to help you in your decision. Yeah. I mean, that was their selling point, really. Yeah. It was that no coach in the country can can say that they know you better than we do. Yeah. You know, we recruited you back when you was 15 and you was a completely different player. And we wanted you then. Now you're 20 and a different player and we still want you so you know that was their selling point and it was quite a strong pitch honestly um and yeah like i had mentioned to to somebody that there was i've been familiar with utah state 
from not the past coaching stuff, stuff before. Uh, one of the coaches, Eric Peterson, Eric had reached Peterson, out yeah. to me back in 2019, and then um, Odom's group had reached out to me, and then obviously um, Coach Brinkle and Coach Hires. So I was aware of Logan, and yeah. then you know, knowing that they they took care of the British guys beforehand, it was it was a no-brainer. Well, gentlemen, enough of me yapping. You need to go get some food. Uh, and uh, thanks for coming by. Appreciate it as always. It's been a blast getting to know you guys. Big games coming up this week. You got, obviously, San Jose State, then a trip to San Diego. Uh, but keep it rolling, man. It's been fun just to sit back and watch you guys do your thing. It's been an absolute pleasure. So keep it going. Thank you. Thank there you, you for having us. Thank you, Thanks, Thank you There you go. Great Osibor. Josh Duje coming up next. We'll get back to uh, Coach Sprinkle and your questions. You got questions for Coach. Uh, we'll have the mic, and we would uh, love to hear from you. It's all straight ahead. You're listening to Aggie Basketball from Learfield. Welcome on back. You're listening to Aggie Basketball from Learfield. It's your chance to ask questions. You got a question for Coach? Uh, we'll fire up the mic and uh, let your voice be heard. We'd love to have uh, hear from you. Uh, Lance tweets in a question. Said, "Will you ask Coach Sprinkle what this season has taught him about himself, his ability, and his process, uh, uh, and if that's changed at all, or if you feel like you're the same coach today as you were last year this time?" Yeah, it, it's funny. I actually talked to a coach today who's kind of a mentor. His name is Stu Starner. Uh, he was the coach at Montana State in the 80s, and then he he's been at Texas, like Texas A&M, and places like that. He's he, he's retired down there now. But he asked me even today. He said like, "I hope you're coaching them the same way you did Montana State. Don't let up on them." You know? Yeah. I was like, "No, that's you have to be who you are, and uh, good or bad." And uh, you know, our process is the exact same at Mo that we did at Montana State. It's uh, you know, and luckily we had success there too, but. You know, you got to learn how to because as quick as you can go up, as quick as we're up 18 to 2 right now, record, you can go down that quick too. Yep. And so you got to stay humble. You got to stay hungry. Uh, and you got to keep doing the, the things that, in, that winning entails. You have, to, you have to make the toughness plays. You got to defend. You got to rebound. You got to do those little things, the 50-50 balls that, that people don't want to do, you know, and at the critical times where it's a time to – have a championship box out like we did at Boise, we did it. When there was a loose ball, Josh dove on the floor in front of their bench at the free throw line. He got there first. Like, that's what wins games. Yeah. You know, as good as Ian's layup was, there were so many hustle plays that got us in that that predicament, but that's that's what we coach. With the ability to make free throws and pressure situations that your team has done this year, how do you replicate pressure in practice? How hard is that to do? Yeah, like, I mean, we have a thing we call secondary break game uh, that we do pretty much every practice where, you know, like blue will get five possessions and white get five possessions and, and they're, they're shooting free throws and it's live, you know, and then we'll transition out of it. But they're getting kind of game-like free throw attempts. And, you know, and then at the end of practice too, like just for conditioning, you know, I'll have everybody, sometimes I can say, hey, great, you got a one-on-one. You know, and if you miss it, 22. And they know a 22 is up, back, up, back. And we'll go down the whole line, and sometimes I might say, hey, it's for a 44. You know, and you got that's four up and backs in 44 seconds. And so it just kind of puts pressure on them, especially when they're tired, too, at the yeah. end of practice. But other than that, it's like they, like Josh said, it's just they got to visualize them being successful in that moment. And uh, all these players, you know, these two other players have talked about the practices and the difficulty of practices that ultimately feel like that's why – 
they're good at end of games. That's why they're tough at end of games. What you what you what you guys have put them through. It, it is. You know, you sometimes like I still feel like you can coach toughness. Mm -hmm. um, you can make players that aren't necessarily tough when you get them. You can make them tough. And uh, you know, one of the prime examples of that is is fish. You know, like it's not in his nature to to be physical and bang down low and things like that and guard in the post and be physical and. If you've seen, like, his improvement since June, he's improved as much as any player I've ever coached. And he's helped us win games by by being physical, which I would have never guessed that was going to happen. Yeah. And uh, and a lot of our guys, you know, some of our guards, like, you know, like, you have to make – if you're going to beat Boise at Boise and win at UNLV, like, you to win any game in the Mountain West, you got to have some toughness to you. And – we coach that in practice, and we hold them accountable to it, and they know our standard. You made an announcement last week. Um, Andy Hill, yeah. associate head coach. Yep. Uh, show uh, before the Boise game, but uh, for those that didn't hear that, kind of walk us through that process, and uh, it was a really cool moment uh, that, that was caught on video that you guys yeah. sent out on social media uh, with that announcement to the team as well, but kind of walk us through that process. Yeah, you know, just – what he's meant to me, like, since he joined my staff at Montana State, like, the cohesiveness and togetherness of our staff has been on another level. And and I, I credit him for a lot of that because if you don't have good assistance, you have no chance at winning at the, at the Division One level. And to have somebody like him who he can organize everybody, not just the players, he can organize the staff, like, even at Montana State, but especially even now more here at the Mountain West level, like my time is stretched so thin. And you better have somebody that can that knows what they're doing and is making sure and holding everybody else accountable to what they're supposed to do. And he's taking so much stuff off my plate. And at the end of the day, the players just love him. You know, he's a tremendous coach on the floor, X's and O's. But, like, the love that he has for the players and the program and and everybody's success he'll never take credit for himself like he he wants johnny hill to be a great assistant he wants chris haslam to be a great assistant and there's absolutely zero ego from it and uh you know it, it's it's well deserved and I, I mean i really feel like i have a bunch of associate head coaches like yeah. i really do like everybody on my staff is is tremendous and they do their role at a very high level and that's why we've had the success but you know, Andy's Andy's been absolutely tremendous, and, and it's well-deserved. And, you know, I would never, like, I don't want to see him go, but, like, he deserves an opportunity to be a head coach. Like, I think he's that good. Got a quick question. Go ahead. So, um, just looking at looking at this year, um, we've got a bunch of guys from different schools and, and different countries even. The other day at a, a little seminar thing on – on campus, the athletic director was talking about how hard that is to bring in guys that are the right match. Um, so as you, were, as you got brought in here in the spring and had to really build a team, what did you look for in all of the different guys that you've, you've brought into this program and made it successful? Yeah, I mean, when we got the job mid-April, like there wasn't a lot of players left. A lot of guys had already committed and signed. But the one thing just growing up on kind of the West – the western side of the, you know in montana close to here i knew how important basketball was to the people in cash valley and utah state and so i knew what the fan base wants and expects now i wasn't 
I didn't know we were going to be 18 and two. You know, like I didn't. You know, we tried to get the best talent we could get, but the one thing I was in our staff, and we'd have meetings every single day about it. Character. Like I'm not going to bring somebody into this community that I wouldn't want them to be around my mom, my sisters, Barbara. Like that's important to me. Like you have to be able to act and and hold yourself accountable to doing things the right way. And we got lucky with some guys. Like we didn't know a lot of them, you know, personally. Like Josh, we knew. We'd recruited him before. I knew Darius and great. You know, after a few conversations with Isaac and Mason, I knew what their character was. And, you know, it just, you know, sometimes it is luck with recruiting. And, but I think when you have kind of your core, if you have that high, everybody else just falls in line. Even somebody that might be on the fringe, like they join the crowd. And so I give a ton of credit to my staff. You know, I mean, they were the ones recruiting their butts off and getting all these guys in here on visits. All right, we got time for one last question. Really quick, go ahead. Hey, Coach. So, as a student athlete here, I just want to say I appreciate what you're doing big time. Uh, Thank you. There's transactional coaches and there's transformational coaches. Yep. You seem to be of the latter, which I appreciate. Uh, with that being said, though, in the NIL landscape, there's more and more transactional coaches. They're just using the place they're at to get to the next one. And I just want to say, how do you balance that? How do you stay true to yourself and, and stick to those fundamentals of coaching for the right reasons? By the way, great job this year. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. yeah, tremendous. You know, uh, that's a great question. You know, I think, uh, I think there's more transitional, transactional student athletes nowadays. Also, like there's kids picking schools for the wrong reasons. And uh, it's, it's too bad because, you know, they're not getting the best experience that they could get for four years. Yes, no question there's coaches like that. And, yeah, it, it, it goes both ways. But it goes back to our motto, rents due every day. I, like, I don't think about next year. I don't, I'm not even thinking about Saturday's game. Like, I'm scared to death tomorrow night. Like, that, uh, that's what is on my mind. And then tomorrow, we'll worry about San Jose at 7 o'clock. And then you just kind of, you know, you let, first off, my faith, you know, like, I already know my story's already written. I don't, 10 years from now, I don't know where I'm going to be. I know the man upstairs knows where I'm going to be. I don't know. All I can do is be the best I can be every day and let the chips fall where they may. And where I end up, I end up. And hopefully it's here for a long, long time. Love it. Thanks for the yeah, question. Thank you. Great question. That wraps up another edition of the Danny Sprinkle Coaches Show. Remember, pregame tomorrow, 630. Tip-off is at 7 o'clock. Big one. Let's get that spectrum rocking, folks. Utah State and San Jose State right here on the Aggie Sports Network from Learfield. From Rudy's, this has been the Aggies Coaches Show. Brought to you by Holiday Inn Express, Stay Smart, Beaver Mountain, Come Ski the Beam, Smith's Fresh for Everyone, Sports Academy and Racquet Club, Your Club, Your Results, Your Life, Zion's Bank, We Haven't Forgotten Who Keeps Us in Business, Ford, Go Further, and by Ruby's, home of the Aggie Coaches Show. The proceeding has been a Learfield presentation on the Aggie Sports Network.